so, 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 another week is here, and we are here to talk about it on Megasheen. Yay. What's up, y'all? So, yes, we have a lot to talk about, and we'll get into that. But first, how are you, Nick? I'm doing pretty good. Um, had to get out. I had to uh, unplug from everything and go home and see my mom. Uh, which was nice. And do you tip? Let me tell you about her. Okay. <laughs> so my mom is a hustler. Oh, okay. So mom was <laughs> trying to sell all my old games. I'm talking like <laughs> 95, 96 kind of games. She had like over 100 games. And I'm like, mom, what what are you doing? These are these are childhood memories. She's like, oh, uh, you can pay me for them. Oops. So. She said my you mom. have she have to pay her for them. <laughs> right. So I'm pulling stunts. My mom is pulling stunts and shows. So I have to pay her for the games that she bought me. How <laughs> foolish is that? That. She, but you know what? That that that's that's what that's what they do. Parents ain't slick if they trying to get mm-hmm. your stuff out of the house or they trying to remind you of certain things. They would pull stuff like that. My mom did something See. like that to me too when we moved into our. We had. In Union City in Tennessee, we had two homes. She moved into a bigger home, and she was written out her, our old home. And here I was thinking, I got a... She said, oh, you got a nice bedroom. You got a walk-in closet. I'm like, great. I mean, I was in college. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to use it. I come home. It's all her stuff in my closet. <laughs> and she said, if you want some room, then you need to figure out where you're going to put your stuff at. I was like, the last time I checked, this was my room. She said, no, the last time I checked, I bought this house. I was like... Oh. And you can't argue with anything with that. I'm like, Ma, mommy, like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna need an itemized list of every game and every system that you t- took out. So when you come to pay me, like, you don't come with no bullshit. Uh, that's that, you know, that's a black mama for you. That is black mamas. They are always <laughs> hustling. They probably the biggest willers and dealers we don't even really know about always doing something but that's that's how they kept us together and alive so we can't complain right. about that exactly so how are you doing i'm doing good i am right now i am enjoying a little bit of life dating a little bit what <laughs> well seeing people and realizing a lot of interesting things. Now, I want to say this because somebody tried to clown me on Twitter, so I want to make this clear. (laughs) If I talk about... um, I've made a a couple of memes about, you know, if black men want to date other black men, that's a miracle or whatever in Los Angeles. For those who don't know, it is a struggle in Los Angeles to find black men who want to date black men, but it is a struggle to find black men who are ready to date, period, in Los Angeles gay or straight so when you do find somebody who got stuff together and they're black and they want to date other black men that is a miracle that is the golden fleece so and if they're a geek or a nerd then you have basically found jesus so that's what i'm saying so it's like but someone was like well are you saying you don't like white men i was like i I never said i don't I, I never said that. It's just something, you know, that has been my track record. I've dated one black guy, one white guy, and then one white Latino guy. But I would kind of like to, like, date another black guy again. But it just does not seem that way. As my mama told me, I'm going to end up with somebody white, and she's already accepted that. And I was uh-huh. like, 
Well, you know, who knows who I end up with. I don't discriminate. I have made out with all the races. I have. So I've made out with all of the mostly the, the races that we know. And I'm proud of that. But it would be nice to have someone of color. But if I end up with somebody white, then it, it that is what it is. Well, I know how you folks in uh, L.A. are crazy on another level. So I don't I'm not even going to fathom <laughs> what it is because I know y'all are bougie and like you have to fit a certain mold, you know. But that, but well. that's not me. I am Southern down to the heart. So see, that's the funny part because I we could talk about this. This could be a whole super episode, but I come from the South to where to me we wasn't really into all the abs and all that. We were into the corn-fed boys, the cute boys. It was just, you know, it wasn't really the scene where I was from. So only when I moved to New York and lived in, and moved into Los Angeles, that's where I, I get you see the gay scene, like seriously see the gay scene. But like it's portrayed in media. Yeah, but like when you in Kentucky or Tennessee, you just you just get a regular old person. You know, you, it's just it's not it's not that stereotypical I mean in some ways it can be but it's not often I believe back well I would say in my day um, mm-hmm. many of us was not the stereotypical we were all different in so many different ways and you like a thicker guy who wasn't like muscly built but they were like kind of you know corn fed farm boy you know yard mowing size type of guy and so I'm used to that and then you get to LA these folks get caught up on the silliest of things and this is why a lot of them it's funny because a lot of these men you're like a bunch of y'all are lonely because y'all been chasing this dream meanwhile y'all probably could have been booed up if you would have just got that guy that you thought that was not cute enough but he was good to you like it's it's (laughs) weird but yeah that you're right la is a mess and sadly i'm in the mix of it (laughs) and it's hot as hell over there it is right now it is that's why i'm sitting all up in this air conditioner right now. It was a good 49 degrees this morning. Oops. Well, <laughs> we we see that like maybe once in the blue moon. No, I mean, well, we get that, but not like everybody else. Right. <laughs> so let's jump on in this because we got a lot of topics to discuss today. Um, let's brew the tea, spike it with some fireball. <laughs> and have us a nice hearty cup of some Aunt May's tea. Yes. So last night, <laughs> the debate happened. The first presidential debate happened last night in New York. And it was fascinating. It was trash. It was it was everything you would expect. It was pretty much Trump being Trump. Hillary be, being Hillary. And what I mean by that is Hillary was prepared ready to go but you had trump who if you watched it you had it had to cross your mind that this man either snorted some cocaine snorted some meth some crack with some sugar in it or something because this (laughs) he he was the worst and he showed you why he should not be president in the 90 it was 90 minutes no commercials and um, he basically started off, he, he almost, he had a little bit of an edge with Hillary because he put her on the defensive, discussing NAFTA and some other issues. But here's the, here's the tea about this. Now, Lester Holt, he was the moderator. 
Now he said, let's talk about jobs. That's what they started out with. But what, before he, before he, you know, gave it to any of them, he said the job, you know, job growth has been growing, has been doing all these great things. And if you ever listen to Trump, he's always talking about jobs are leaving, jobs are horrible. But it was cute because you know Lester was being slick, and and said, let me before y'all start, let's talk about jobs. Jobs have been growing. It has increased since, you know, whatever, whatever. So I was like, I see what you're doing. You're setting it up to where Trump can't make up these lies. But what did Trump do? He still stuck to his script and said, jobs are horrible. The, you know, they're leaving. I'm like, um, Trump, sweetie, he just said, he just said job growth. Job growth is good. So what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And then he tried to get all over Hillary. You know, Hillary was waiting on him. And uh, Y'all have to look at, and you've seen some of the, the, the GIFs and everything else, but she would look at, she'll be standing there like, I see you, bitch, because I got you. Keep on talking. And he will keep setting <laughs> stuff up. And you can see her just ready, like, mm-hmm, I got you. You know, like when you watch those game shows, and you know they know what the answer is. And they just waiting for right. you to mess up or say the wrong letter and or whatever you will do. And then it comes to your turn. You'd be like, the answer is la. Well, that's what she was doing. She... Got him, and she got him in ways that I wasn't even ready for. Like she came out, she didn't have the receipts. She had the whole damn cash register sitting up there. She got. She said, "Let's talk about. You want to talk about, you know, jobs? Let's talk about the jobs you have taken away from everybody from, you know, because of your dealings. Let's talk about how you love the fact that you know you haven't shown the tax." Your tax re- returns, and then he tried to say, well, you show us the emails, then I'll show us that. And I was like, well, that's not fair. And then she said, well, let's talk about why you don't want to show your tax returns. What are you hiding? She had three reasons why, he, three or four reasons why. It was like she had him, she belittled him, and he was like stumbling, interrupting her. I think he interrupted her over 40 times. Every time, and every time he would do it, he would end up rambling. Stuff did not make sense. He didn't have a plan. It was so clear he didn't have a plan. So, basically, she won. She won that debate. And it was funny because what you learn about debates is when when you don't do well, you go straight into the spin room. And, you know, you try to, right. you know, talk it over and, and try to make it cute. But when you done well, you don't even need to go. You might just smile and say, hey, everybody. So Hillary was still waving and talking to people. Trump and them went into the spin room. He gonna holler out that something was wrong with his mic. I'm oh, like... Okay. Sway how? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yo, Mike, you were screaming the entire time. I was like, like, ho, you were screaming the entire time. What was wrong with your mic? Everybody heard you. He was sniffling. Um drinking water like he was nervous it was literally like you know how like like he just did coke he looked like he was doing coke so we were spreading rumors about him doing coke Howard Dean's yeah (laughs) anything he was gonna I'm standing by what I said and I was like okay um Mr. Dean you better he yes Howard Dean put it out there I was like you know what and it it took off too because people were like saying all types of stuff about coke and it looked like I'm serious if you watch it you would think he just did coke um, he he just didn't have any legit answers. They talked about race, and that was the part right there. Because with race, I didn't expect much for either of them because I don't. They're not gonna get into it. But you right. know, he um, Lester hit him with the whole thing about the birther issue, and how you know Trump tried to talk about well Hillary started, but anyway, I finished it and. 
people should be happy that I made him do it. And then so Lester asked him, so what do you say to the black community? What do you say to the African-American community? He says, I don't say anything because I did that for them or whatever. I did that. So we all know that he was here. Like, first of all, again, ho, we know where Obama was from. We were not worried about that. You, We was not worried about that. But you... You gotta you use this as your racist platform for five years. And they don't talk about trying to downplay that you didn't do it, but you kept going on with it. Even when um I think in Hillary's campaign, when people were were looking into something, it was stopped. And it was more about his religious views. It wasn't about his race or where he was born. It was more about his religion. And so he tried to twist that. But Hill I think Hillary and him, they dealt with that or they got rid of somebody who was trying to get there i can't remember how it was done so somebody correct yeah, me I on that remember, yes i think hillary did fire somebody yeah team yeah when that uh all went down mm-hmm. so it's like there's like no in some ways she stopped it because she's like no we're not going there but you went there you trump was talking about how you hired some people remember that he said he hired people to go to hawaii to look it up he had these these private investigators looking for the information i was like so you doing all this stuff you came up with nothing still you still ain't like had nothing shit he probably put somebody on co-op and it's like you're not gonna get paid for that and you might not even get credits for this so you so, know so he this. so basically he lost all the minority vote last night with his talks then he slipped in something when she was talking about President Obama. He said, yeah, you're president. And I was like, okay, all right. All right, so you basically are unhinged, and we are seeing this right now. He just went down in so much flames. And I'm telling y'all, if you did not see it, just go on Twitter because they have all of everything you need to see. From when when Hillary was ready for him, she she did a little shimmy. That was the funniest part because she was like, "Yep, I'm ready." She was ready to get him when he after he ran not his a mouth. Shimmy. Like, yes, not she a did like a little shimmy. You have to see it. Everybody was clowning about that, but then she just came with it. She had the receipts. She talked about how he disrespected women, how he calls them pigs, how he called one of the candidates for Miss Universe. Uh, Miss Piggy and the woman, she's a Latina and she struck back too. She came out of nowhere talking some stuff. And I was like, dang, Trump, like you lost. Everybody know you lost. And the interesting thing was Hillary kind of gave more momentum, especially with the younger voters. Now, you know what, young voters, I don't understand where y'all coming from because, you know, it's this rumor that y'all were, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. I'm like, well, you will know when you ain't, when you got all these bills and you can't pay for college. But what you need to do is, you know, get on the get on the wagon. And then, and luckily, according to the polls, they're now jumping on with her. And I think because of his performance last night, uh, it was just horrendous and ridiculous. It was terrible. Yeah, I, I caught the highlights. I didn't watch the debate, honestly, because I can't. I can't watch that kind of person. Yeah. And it was just like something, it does something to my psyche. So I was just going to catch up with it on Twitter this morning. And, and I, yeah. And right, rightfully so, Hillary won. And I don't know where folks were saying that uh, Trump won. Um, I think there was some cruel ass hashtag that's saying that he won. And I think, uh, Steph, I will on Twitter said it was a joke, which I was almost, I was like, okay, so what kind of fucking debate that they were watching? Because I know damn well Trump ain't win. No, they um, they were clowning it. They were clowning it. And people try to take it seriously. That's the funny part where people were clowning it. It was fun. Also, 
the, it was funny because um, Trump tweeted, <clears throat> look at the polls that show that I won. This bitch was picking up polls like he's picking up the Dollar General poll and the Friends poll and, you know, the Kroger poll, like polls that are, uh, that are unscientific um, and not even used in any credible source like he was like Breitbart I'm like you gonna use a Breitbart poll a Breitbart poll that's your poll <laughs> I was like so what are you doing like so he was using like these polls that nobody's heard of you know Ace is the place for the hardware man poll everybody the pantyhose poll these polls that made no sense he was using them and so he was so desperate today it looks so sad but that's what these people want. They want, you know, I, 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 I posed a question to people like, I need to know why you're voting for him. Cause I'm like, I can't find when Romney ran, I understood why you would vote for Romney. I wasn't going to vote for him, but I understand why you would have voted for him. Cause he would, that's a businessman. If you go talk about who was a businessman, that's Romney. Right. But Trump, I was like, first of all, you can't be a businessman when you came to show us your tax returns and when we, and then Hillary talking about his, about his bankruptcies, like all we know is you hiding your tax returns and you got a bunch of bankruptcies. That's not a business person I want to believe in. <laughs> so Bankruptcies, that is plural. Yes, bankruptcies. Just running wild with these bankruptcies. 4,000 court cases, but yet you are a powerful businessman. So Right. You know, cut with the bullshit. That's what he was doing. Cut with the bullshit. <laughs> But anyway, I know there's going to be um, another one. But there's, there's two more? There's two more. And then we get this election over with. I know. I, I, I kind of want over with. There's a part of me that's like, I'm going to be anxious. But I was anxious in 2012. And then I was, you know, I was like, but I, I knew that Obama was going to win. But once, you know, we, we I feel I'm going to be the same way. But I'm gonna, I'm warning people right now. When Hillary win, I will be clowning folks and certain folks on the internet so get ready i will be hurting people's feelings exactly <laughs> so along the same line oculus founder palmer lucky uh-huh. uh he's uh he deals with the vr and all that crap <laughs> so it was found out that he is financing a pro-trump group what? uh the group is Yes, ooh, there's a lot of tea in this. Mm-hmm. So the group is called Nimble America. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, let's see other information. Uh, Oculus, which I found kind of interesting, has been a sponsor of GamerX, and it's an LGBTQ-based uh, con in San Francisco, I believe. Yes. Uh, I think that's going on this weekend. Yes. Um, a lot of people that I know on Twitter are going to that. Uh, Lucky has also previous uh, works with Milo. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. That piece of shit that we're actually going to talk about a little bit later in King's House Edition. And a lot of people are calling for him to step down. Mm -hmm. Which uh, I think he should step down because it paints a negative picture with the company. A lot of people said we won't create any kind of games if you're the leader of it and there's a lot for that he said that um he didn't do but he actually did so there's a lot and it's just a big old mess mm. Mm. it's just a lot that needs to 
come uh come to light. Now I saw a little bit about this, and I saw the man, and I was like, first of all, he looks a mess, but second, I was like, that's that's interesting because like we're slowly seeing how some of these big wigs are supporting Trump, and I. And when you think about it, they're supporting him because they want that tax free. They want to be able to not pay their dues. You know what I'm saying? Like they want to be able right. to have like, I don't have to pay no taxes. I don't have to do nothing. But yet here we are, you know, the average people, we have to pay our taxes. Hell, IRS is nobody's friend. They will come for their money, all their money, even if you ain't all got it. Their money. And these folks are making more money than we ever can. And they don't want to pay their taxes. And this is what they're doing. They're going to vote for somebody who is going to hopefully keep them from doing that. So I'm yeah, like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's just a mess. It is. It really is. They need to get it together. And he does need to resign. He needs to, like, go. Because he's basically an asshole. Like that, I mean, and, you know, a, a pro-Trump group. Like, I, I, I can't. I just can't. Right, and the group has been responsible for a lot of those uh, Hillary memes that, that put put her in a negative picture. So I'm like, what are y'all even doing? Do, don't y'all have jobs? Like, why are you... I'm like, come on now. Ugh, some of these little kids out here. Yeah, it is ridiculous. And it's, um, and it's again, it's really sad to see that we have these people here that, you know, who are willing to put someone in office in order for them to not to not be powerful and rich or not to be able to pay their their fair share i mean it's the american way you gotta pay your taxes that's what it is to be american that's part of it and you don't want to do that to me that's almost what treason that's almost all of that that's unpatriotic and so right oh these people need to be in prison and and I hope that something does happen to him to where he does get his little his Hawaiian shirt wearing ass put in jail. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. His St. John's Day ass. <laughs> I know. I know. I haven't heard of that in a long time. I have not heard about that. Right. That label in the wild. Oh, J.C. Penney's. Right. J.C. Penney realness. <laughs> Oh Lord! So what? Oh, so we got some shade from the master of horror. <laughs> uh oh. So uh, now I love horror movies. Um, a lot of us, I mean, a lot of us do. You know, that's part of our geekdom. And the master of horror, known as John Carpenter, has always given us uh, a lot of greatness when it comes to Halloween. Um, and, you know, it's been remade and redone and there's been so many um, chapters and everything to it. But the thing, here's the, here's the funny thing. Now, the, not too long ago, there was um, a remake done by Rob Zombie, who is known for his music, but also known for giving us some movies like um, 1001 1, um, House of 1000. Oh, something like that. Yeah, it was like a hundred. No, it was a house of a hundred and a thousand and one corpses, something like that. Um, The Devil's Rejects, which is the sequel. Um, Lords of Salem. And then this upcoming movie called 31. 
Um, and so he did Halloween one and two. He remade both of those where he spent a lot of time kind of normalizing um, Michael Myers. And so if for those of you know about Michael Myers, Michael Myers is the killer in Halloween, but he was also this young boy who was hearing voices at six and he murdered his sister um, and later was going to murder um, his um, other sister who was um, Lori Strode, who was actually a sister who was adopted by another family. Um, that was, that's kind of the history of it. And, and basically what I would suggest is there's a book, there's a novelization of the movie that was done in the 70s, I think 78. That's the better thing to read because it tells you more about Michael being cursed. There's a curse he's under. Um, they touch on that in part four. But anyway, um, so Rob Zombie did this movie. Uh, it was horrible. He tried to normalize Michael Myers. Um, Michael was this huge breeding beast that he never really was. I think the scary thing about Michael Myers was he was like a normal looking, well, normal size looking man. And he looked normal too without the mask. Um, but, you know, he want you know, Rob Zombie wanted this, he wanted something a little bit new. So he did this movie. People did not like it. Um, and so recently it came out, I think it was, um, it was something that I guess they talked to John Carpenter and he basically, um, shaded it. He said, you know, in a lot of ways he said that, well, he, that he lied about working with him. He lied. Um, he was very cold when he was going to make this movie. Um, and, and so he, he didn't appreciate what it was done. He didn't like the fact that it was normalizing. Um, he just felt like it was not, um, what Michael Myers is. He called it a piece of shit. Um, yep. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so yeah, he called it all these things. Um, he just did not care for it at all. And, 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 um, we'll, I'll retweet it out so people can kind of check it out for yourselves, but he clowned this and it was interesting because we now know that there will be a new Halloween movie done by John Carpenter. He is coming back into the film, but, um, yeah. And I found myself like, you know what? I had to, I have to side with John. Um, I, you know, Rob Zombie, I, I appreciate him wanting to do something, but those movies were horrible. We didn't need it. Um, you know, I think that a lot of it. it was not completely horrible. There was some interesting piece pieces in it. There was like the whole white horse thing. I thought that was really, there was something about that that was curious. And I love that part about seeing the white horse and what does that really mean? Um, but I, I, Rob Zombie, mm, you shouldn't have done those movies. And I think right. John, who created Halloween, had the right to clown those movies. I don't know if you heard about that, but he, he, he did read him. He read well, him. Well, I mean, that's what people who actually create something and then somebody turns it and kind of screws it up. You know, that's what I have an issue with a lot of these remakes. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine the original creators of a lot of these remakes, remakes that now or come out feel a little bit resentment too, especially fails. Um, so kudos to John for shading. Maybe he should stick to some, some music, because I actually <laughs> like some of his songs. Um, <laughs> but I've actually and Halloween the original is one of my 
favorite horror movies, even though I don't necessarily particularly like the horror genre. Yeah. Um, I some of some some of the sigma the cinematography some of the way the scenes are done um I like the way he he does different cameos in his movies so I'm not gonna completely you know shade up on Rob but I think when he was doing Halloween it just did not click with me I enjoyed his other two films but I just was not a fan of his Halloween movies so you know good luck with thirty one I hope that is something. But I hope he does not do anything else. And basically, Rob, um, no, John told Rob to do your own stuff. (laughs) Make your own movie, man. He said, make your own movie, man. This is yours now. Don't worry about me. Um, You know, so, you know, I I appreciate Rob trying, but I agree with John. You know, leave other people's movies alone. Don't try to do a Friday 13th. Do not try to do... Nightmare on M Street, and do not try to do Tourist Trap. That well, people don't know about Tourist Trap. That that's the that's the movie right there, Tourist Trap. But anyway, um, Rob, you tried, and maybe that's a, that's something that you just need to pay attention to. Right, exactly. And speaking of tried and tried it, <laughs> so RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, was doing their All Star seasons too. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about a little bit of it um, yeah, later on. But uh, Fifi, spoiler alert, Fifi goes home. Yes. And Fifi actually had an interview that was published on uh, Vulture mm-hmm. where she gave some interesting notes about the show. So um, I'm not going to go after her. Our, uh, our Twitter page and you can also go to Vulture of the actual article but one uh, thing that she said that the um, she said when uh, after they lip sync and they go come back into the workroom the winners are usually in front of the in front of the uh, I guess the, the line of people that come in to go in the back where uh, and if you watched last week's episode, uh, week before last episode, mm-hmm. Fifi had one. Yeah. So she felt she said that was kind of odd that they put her to the back, um, and she said a lot of the producers would only ask her certain questions or would just tell her to be quiet. Um, and if you noticed that when she was going on her rant, her quote unquote rant about why she picked Alyssa and yada yada yada. She said that wasn't the answer. The producers asked her a question she answered and then that was it. And then they kept on answering and asking her a question. You know, typical bullshit that producers do. Yeah. Uh, she said that <clears throat> excuse me, that um, this was verified by uh, Detox and Roxy during a, a showing, a viewing party in Chicago. And it gets a little bit juicier that uh, Ru, RuPaul, unfollowed her on Twitter. <laughs> it was like a little bit of pettiness. Yeah. And uh, throughout the article, Fifi was talking about how there was no, once she got uh, into the game, that there was no chance of her redeeming herself from 
season, the past season she was on. Mm-hmm. It was just really, and a lot of people don't understand, like, when you're in a reality competition, the producers will kind of mold and twist the story to fit some kind of twisted perspective that they're trying to show the viewers. And unfortunate that RuPaul is not sticking up for Fifi, much like she stuck up for Jasmine Masters um, back on her season when she was getting all kind of death threats and being called the N-word and all this type of shit. Fifi has gone through the same stuff as far as death threats, but RuPaul is not saying anything. And I, part of me says, I mean, if that's your daughter, quote-unquote, you need to go ahead and say something. Mm-hmm. But as a business person, mm-hmm. nobody's going to fuck up my money. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of going on. And also, I, I feel that Drag Race, the show, has kind of almost run its course. Mm-hmm. Drag is kind of main, is more mainstream now. So it doesn't need to be on per se. And it also puts the local girls at a disadvantage because yeah. a lot of these kids think that if you're not on RuPaul's Drag Race, then what are you even doing drag for? Hmm. And that's not fair at all. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit on our previous episode when we talked about drag and the uh, International Imperial Court. So um, if you're a little bit like, what the hell are they talking about? Go to that episode and back and listen to this. So, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's messy. Yeah. And I, um, I've heard about that. And it's funny because the fans are really not here for Fifi at all. And yeah, I think as you were saying, Fifi is like getting out of drag completely. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, okay. I was like, I didn't know it was that deep. So it makes you wonder what's going on in the house of Rue. <laughs> it is. It's like, I, I wanted to take her side, but then. A lot of this shit has been verified, so okay, so what's really going on behind the scenes? Yeah. And you know it's a TV show. I get that. And I get that you signed up for this, but it just it's just a mess. It's just a hot, sloppy pantyhose rundown mess. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh, side note. So right now Britney Spears is trending. Apparently she what? did. She just did her lip sync. Um, let me quit. But she just performed on <laughs> on the um, the Apple Music Festival right now, and everybody's talking about her. Um, I don't know why I brought her up. It was just flashing in my face. But um, I brought her. Up, I'm bringing her up because I realized she put an album out and. Oh, that, she did put an album out. She did. I forgot about that. That's why I had yeah. that. That's had that long period of silence because it just like it came out and <laughs> <laughs> it came and gone like a season. Yeah, so it's like I was like you trending, but yet for what though? Yeah, well, her <laughs> performance. I might. We. I'll look at it later and see what she did. She probably did nothing. She probably did the same tire mess she did when Beyonce came and snatched her wig and her knees. And everything else, but <laughs> okay. Enough of me being why shady, up? huh? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I said, why doesn't Britney just hang it up? She needs it's to hang like, it up. Girl, you did, you you did, you got your little piece. 
You had, now, yeah. I mean, it's time to go on the pastures. I know this is the Beyonce era right now, um, and you gotta, and right. you, you still gotta get up to Rihanna, to even Tanisha. You gotta get up to these levels of where people are really anticipating something. Ain't nobody anticipating you. So, all right. So I mean, the white gay is gonna come for me tonight. So you may not see me tomorrow. But <laughs> all right. So I get back to our tea. Um, so this show, this, the showrunners, what is going on with the showrunners? Messy. Messy. Lord. Yeah. Let's break it down a little bit. So last week, was it the Hollywood Reporter? Yes. Uh, They, uh, they interviewed a lot of showrunners. White um, showrunners. Most of the, uh, (laughs) and male. Uh, Yeah. Um, about the upcoming shows, a lot of them were new shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, some I hadn't even heard of. Uh, some of them, some of the showrunners were like uh, Josh Berman of, from. Uh, he's a showrunner on Notorious. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Guggenheim. He's a showrunner on Speechless. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Slater. He's the showrunner on The Exorcist, and they're all debuting this season or already have. Yeah. So the interviewer, well, yeah, interviewer says uh alludes to the fact well what do you think about uh live tweeting <laughs> uh guggenheim says it's boring to me mm-hmm. jeremy slater says that people who live tweet are garbage people <laughs> that so, bitch <laughs> so in swift action uh blurred twitter yeah Got him all the way together. We did. We was on it. I I was walking to Jamba Juice and jumped in. That's how I was like, wait, when you said what? <laughs> but but here's the tea about Mr. Jeremy here. So, um, you know, the blurs were, you know, the blurs were in the streets. They were in the streets. And so they pulled up some, some lovely receipts. And it's funny that he would say that. And you know why he's saying that? Because he was the writer. Of that broke ass Fantastic Four movie, and it, it all been broke, but the recent one. Uh-huh. So I was like, "Oh, he's still in his feelings because we dragged him for that." And you know that was like considered one of the worst movies, <laughs> too. That Damn. was considered one of the worst movies. So of course he was pissed. You know that came out with last year. So that was like one of the worst movies next to Jam. And so um, <laughs> so they they shared that that role of the worst movie and I think he was bothered because he was dragged for that movie and um, of course it was funny to see how people were bringing up those receipts but also it was ignorant of all of them to say what they were saying because I'm sitting here going like um Shonda Rhimes ma'am could you join this meeting could you come in here because if anybody could talk about the power and success of live tweeting is the queen Shonda Rhimes because my Shonda goodness has literally saved shows yes because I'm tweeting I mean like I mean pitch had premiered and I know black girl nerds was a live tweet and all of the love that she was getting from the writers mm-hmm. the actors mm-hmm. the show writers. I'm like it seems like they were pissing off the same people that they need to watch the show. So I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm like, Exorcist, 
that is a new show. You need everybody to be doing something about it. Where the, You need somebody to be giving that attention and love. And what better way to give it love is the live tweeting, you know, because that's, that's that's the fans interacting, you know, talking about it. And personally, hell, if I had a TV show, I'll be like, hell, y'all come up with a hashtag. I'm gonna be on here. You can, you know, you may trash it or whatever, but I'm like, I'm just happy you watching it, you know. Exactly. And so, yeah, to see him say that, and I'm like, you got a new show, bitch. You, this is not like a show that's been around for a minute. This is a new show. You need the help. And uh-huh. to see what he was after what he said and to see how people came for him was fascinating. But did you see how quick it was like what in a few hours he posted oh, a video? Like... Yeah, I was like <laughs> <laughs> and apologized to black girl nerds. That well, they were listed in that apology. Yeah. He was uh I I saw that video and he was a little trembling in his voice. I said, see that's what gets you. That's that black girl magic in your voice. That got you uh, scared. Yes. And then uh, she was going, the black girl nurse was going to town, I think it was with Guggenheim, and he was like, oh, I just don't get it. And he was just missing the point completely. Yeah. And I was like, so when your show gets canceled <laughs> midway through the season, don't come to us asking them to live tweet it because we've already we've already spoken. Or the fans let you down. No, you let us down because of that. Right. Live tweeting a show is 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 what it is right now. Yes, mm-hmm. they don't get it because they asses been in these roles way too long, and so of course they don't get it. Times have changed. Everybody knows that live tweeting. Hell, I don't watch the show, but um, Teen Wolf is big on live tweeting. They will have a show after the show. What The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead has a show after the show, mostly because is interacting with the fans and they also tell you to use all these hashtags so everybody else is on the train I don't understand why they're not it's really interesting because now when you do watch shows they all have hashtags to them if and sometimes it's yeah. created by the show so it's like they know what's going up they want you to tweet about it they want you to talk about it because that helps them see what to do I would greatly appreciate that if I had a show so it was funny to see that and I don't dislike Jeremy Slater, but I thought what he did was very tacky and almost, you know, it was it was just very it was just kind of that brattiness about it. Like I know you a little bit better about Fantastic Four, okay, but this is your new project now, and you need to be happy that people are were interested in watching it. Now I didn't get I didn't see it because it's on a Friday night, and yeah, but oh, after that I don't see it. I'm like I'm I, like oh. Girl, since you feel <laughs> a way about it, like why should I? I'm since still I'm garbage folks. I know, I, I know. I'm still curious about it, so I may watch it on. I may watch it online on something else where I'm not giving them the credits, but I will still check it out to see if I want to see it. But again, you know, show creators, show runners, you need us. You need us tweeting about it, facebooking about it. You need us hashtagging it. You need us to make these shows successful. Shonda knew, and this is why her shows are where they are. Um, she's on Twitter. So, you know, when you got that together, Queen Sugar, for goodness sake, we are all... Listen, on. if you get up verified by Oprah, you got it made. That's what I'm saying. If your hashtag gets verified by Oprah, then you can't That's what I'm saying. So, okay. They, they silly for that. They were silly for that. 
And I, did I, you see the numbers um, after it <laughs> Yeah, I did. So this MacGyver um, remake with um, Havoc from the from the X Men movies. Um, he's playing the new that's MacGyver. Okay. Yeah, that's him. Um, little cute self. Um, he did better than The Exorcist, and I can't help but to to say, well, you probably would have done better if you didn't shade us like that. So. Um, where's that Kiki Palmer uh, picture? <laughs> <laughs> I think he learned his lesson, and I think the reason why he also apologized is because those execs said, bitch, get your ass up on here right now because uh-huh. you are messing with our money. And like it was said on Friday, you you mess with my money, you mess with my emotions or whatever it is. Basically, right. what they were doing. And, and and that's how you that's how you also not get hired. So mm-hmm. you notice how Exorcist is on Fox. Mm-hmm. So a little show by the name of Sleepy Hollow was also on Fox. Mm-hmm. Well, it is also on Fox. And after they killed off what was supposed to be the main character, Abby. See, yeah, after they killed off Abby, you know it's not gonna make it through that. Well, I think whether on fourth season, mm-hmm. they ain't gonna make it. They ain't gonna make Man. it. And this show may not make it through. It may make one season. I think it may make one season. Well, I hope the actors got something else lined up. <laughs> but they need it. They need to be better. And again, you know, like we said, we we keep saying it. Live tweeting is where it is. CW is on it. They that they live on that. That's how they shows also survive. Live tweeting. They know that. You don't say anything that stupid again. Sure one is just don't do it. Just accept that's what's that's what's here right now. Accept it and run with it. Right. Get this money. Yeah. That's Get these But anyway, well, all my tea is gone. Yeah, that was pretty much it. There was a lot with that this week. But um now let's get into the King's size issue, which is fascinating because um it's very telling about gay media, period. But this situation was, to me, the cherry on top of this nasty-ass um, chocolate ice cream sundae with pickles and bananas. Like, it, this was the cherry it's on top. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. So, out.com. Uh, had a, uh, I guess it was an op-ed piece. No, no, no. This was okay. a this was a feature. This was a feature. Oh, was a, okay. Well, it was a feature by Chadwick Moore last week about Milo Yiannopoulos or whatever the fuck you want. I call it Yabba Dabba Doo. Okay, let's go with that. Yabba Dabba Doo. <laughs> so, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Milo, Milo, um was going back and forth with Leslie Jones on Twitter and forced her to get off. And he's permanently, I guess he's banned or suspended or whatever. He's not on Twitter anymore. He's banned from Twitter. Yeah, he's banned from Twitter. And the gays or his little coalition of monsters went up for him. So Mr. Moore decided to give this piece of shit highlight and 
I'm not going to go through all of it, but uh, there was an editor's note. Did you read the editor's note? No, I saw that. It was basically, we're about to do something shitty, but don't judge us. <laughs> and like, when okay. you need to put a note like that, that means it was going to be garbage. You knew it was going right. to be garbage, but... Mm. I'm like, I read, I read half of the article, and I was like, you know what? What am I doing with my life? What am I doing? <laughs> and I, I had to stop. Because it was just, this guy has put so much bullshit out there and has said some really shitty things about uh, black people, black guys, about transgender folks. Like, he said, and I'm quoting here, you really expect me to believe that I should laugh about trannies? It's hilarious. Like, dude thinks he's a woman. Uh, I'm like, what? Why would you even say some shit like that to folks mm-hmm. that you have no idea about? It was just on and on, and Twitter, in all its gloriousness, especially gay Twitter, rise up and proceeded to let Chadwick have it. Yes. Now Chadwick, last time I checked, he was still going at it with folks. I'm like, they they are dragging this motherfucker left and right mm-hmm. and, and I'm like he should he should get dragged he, he should, should get yeah. completely dragged he should it, it was it was interesting because I, rem- I I saw a picture and I was sitting there like okay so let's see this man is, is a known racist a transphobic um, somewhat homophobic Milo um, talked about how he is he only likes black dick um, all this type of stuff. Um, he is anti-feminist and basically, as you know, not only just racist but a white nationalist icon. They love him. Um, he calls Trump daddy. So you know, it's interesting that they decided let's give him a full feature in our article, and not just an article, a five-page. It's a five-page spread. But they gave him pictures, they, a wardrobe, you know, so he can be like a clown. He can be Marilyn Monroe. He can do all this. And I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. So the man that we know is part of the whole alt-right movement who attacked Leslie Jones, had these people go after her, um, hack into her business, put pictures up on her, you know, really tear her down, basically attacking a black woman for being black. Um... And has said some horrible things about Muslims, trans people, even our own people. But yet they felt like they wanted to do something because they wanted us to know him. We don't want to know him. We know what he is. He is a son of a bitch. He is a bastard. He is a scoundrel. He is a fool. We don't care about him. But they felt Chadwick more felt that that was the thing. And, and I think what bothered me the most was how he defended it. He defended like we were doing the best work. This is the best article right now. His defense, and I'm sure people saw it, he kept feeling like this is the best work and people are just overreacting. It was not your best work. If this was your best work, sweetie, why are you working for Out Magazine? No offense. Out ain't no, it's not no um, New York Times. It is not the advocate to some degree, even though they are owned by the same company. You are not 
a Pulitzer Prize writer. You're not Lois Lane, bitch. So for you to sit up here and act like you done something great, that's that's a that's a that's a farce. That's felony. That's all of it. Felony, farce, lies. That was a lie. But he did go back and forth. He was going back and forth with a lot of queers of color, and I didn't appreciate that either because he was being all. Um, really bitchy about it, calling people like the gay lead a bunch of bottoms. They can come at me. Um, where like he, my friend David, who's a writer, he went after him talking about where you live. So you come over here and handle this. I'm like, okay, you oh, you're doing nice. way too much. Because the point is, you were in the wrong. You knew it was wrong. And the rest of gay media came for you, not just us as people of color, but white gay media came too. They came after him. I appreciate the fact that, you know, I think the effort was led by Zach Ford, which I know Zach, um, from Think Progress. They wrote a letter, and we signed our names to a letter, um, you know, condemning condemning this. Um, And even the person who started Out Magazine condemned it. (laughs) <laughs> so the man okay. who okay, so in that in that same instance if the person who started the magazine condemned the article who thought this was a good idea to put this up as a feature article in the first place I'm like why isn't it didn't make sense that it could get this far you know like who's who's in charge over there well see the editor the uh, main editor um, Aaron Hicklin or Hicklin or whatever his last name is um, they put it up they were saying that you know this is we wanted this story to be out there. It needed to be told. And it was the same excuse they all gave, like it needed to be told. Um, it was just, like, this is what he said. He said, the idea that there could be a radical gay voice on the right is strange and interesting to me. I find it fascinating if um, we don't think we should cower from that writing a story because it will offend people. That's not really it. It's the fact that this man has done nothing but tear down our community, tear down other communities, and be very just flat out evil in some different ways. There was nothing, you could have did a story about him. You could have did a story about him the same way Time does a story about Trump. You know, they did a whole, they, they had a cover and everything about Trump melt, like it was the meltdown. You can do a story about that, but you don't sit here and give him a, a, a mahogany fashion spread in this in this magazine. You don't give this bitch this whole fashion style look and make him seem like, oh, he's just, he's just a fun guy. He's He's great. Yeah, no, no. And it also sent another message that here we are again, praising white gays in so many ways that we, that we could, we, let me rephrase that. We're praising this rotten ass white man before we even celebrate any person of color, any queer person of color doing something positive, but yet you're going to give somebody who is negative, hateful, evil, bigoted, a five-page spread before you give that to a person of color. I really didn't understand that. And it was like, they were almost, well, no, they were almost, they were making, like putting him on a pedestal. I'm like, why? Like, all the shit that he said about Leslie Jones saying that she looked like a dude, all of the shit that he said um, about transgender folks, all of the shit he said about black people, it's like, if you know this is documented, the screenshots are here to prove it, and he'll probably say it to your face, yeah. then why would you even highlight him? 
it just seems like it's so many steps backward for our gay community. And it also and, showed... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, it also showed us that, like, once again, you know, gay media is white because here are these white editors, these white writers seeing fit to put somebody like this on not just the cover, but just doing this whole spread about them, and they think that is okay. Not looking at what he has done, Milo. Now looking at what he's done to the black community, trans, the gay community. Talking about Muslims being a white nationalist icon, they they just found like, oh, well, we can we can you know talk about him and let people see a different side of him. Chadwick has defended him. Chadwick talks about, I think you can see the picture. I took a selfie with him. Like, that's a badge of honor. Could you imagine if Ebony or Essence put Rachel Dolezal on the cover and said, let's hear her story? <laughs> Listen, somebody would buy up Ebony that day. Yeah, I just, and we're not bashing on white people and gay white guys in general. We're talking specifically about the elitist white gays that think they're like the shit and y'all know exactly who the fuck we're talking about yeah the ones who who think that you can create the whole image and the view and the look and the feel of the gay community which you can't you're only speaking from your experiences you have to have a diverse experience and again i i find it highly interesting that when you see you see what happens when you have predominantly white gay males in these roles, we get stuff like this. When there's no diversity, when there's no um, mingling, there's no mixing, there's no true tor- storytelling, we get stuff like this. This is the example of what happens. Because people should have sat down and been like, so Aaron, um, you're going to put this article up in this political climate right now? After what he done to Leslie Jones, we, we, we're, we're doing this? Like, you know, Chadwick could have wrote it and he could have put that in his little raggedy blog somewhere. But somebody should have said, Aaron, we're not, I know you're the editor, but we, we can't do this. But, you know, they did it for clicks. They did it all for clicks. And they may have gotten those clicks, but I feel like, but you lost your integrity at the same time. So now everybody knows your names. They know who you are, Aaron. They know who you are, Chadwick. They know who you are, but they know, but you because you've been smeared, you've been dragged. That's not how you need to go down. And so I'm glad they dragged you for three days. They dragged them for three days. I'm glad you were dragged. I'm glad that we got people talking about how gay media is continuous to stay white. But also I got people. I'm glad that people came out of the woodwork. It wasn't just queer people of color. It was all of us this time talking and condemning this yeah. article. It was just, I actually, I blocked out from Twitter. <laughs> you know what? I that kind of negativity when I'm trying to get my shit together. So I was like, I don't I don't need to see it. I read a little bit of it, and I didn't like what I saw. I blocked the editor. Um, well, I blocked the author, <laughs> uh, Chadwick. Um, so I'm like, you know what? You can be foolish and be stupid, but don't us that you're everybody when you pull a stunt like this when somebody is clearly making fun and acting as if the other people like black people like gay black people like trans people are some kind of joke because that's not funny to me 
Yeah. So I'm glad that, and you know, they'll never get it. I don't think Chadwick or Aaron would get what they did, but I'm glad that they've been called out on it. And I'm, and I was, I was, I was actually, like I said, I'm really happy that it was kind of this nice, um, this kind of, this nice meeting, this nice meld of, you know, white, black. It was a come together. Yeah, it was like a nice come together moment for a lot of us. And it was nice to see people condemn this because it comes down, you know, I've written for a couple of, of websites in the past. And so it's nice to see them come out and say, this is not, this is not us. We do not accept this. You can do better. And Chadwick Moore, you can do better. Um, Aaron, Aaron Hicklin, you can do better. This is unacceptable, and I'm glad you were caught out on it. I hope we don't see stuff like this again. Um, and, you know, but I want us to always call stuff like this out. Call it out, smear it, shame the devil, whatever you do. Do it, because that's, I think that's the only reason they're going to get it. That this is not a funny joke between you and, and your friends at brunch. This is something that really hurts our community. Exactly. And I think calling it out over and over and over again. It, but I won't hold my breath. Yeah. Because, you know, they'll, like you said earlier, it was, they, I feel like they did it for clicks. Yeah. And, I mean, do you want to write good articles instead of clickbait? Yeah. Cause that's who you're gonna be known. I got, I even tweeted to Chad because like this is your legacy. That's your legacy. That's what you're gonna be known until you do something better or apologize. That's gonna be your legacy. And so if you get a pie in your face, you can't blame nobody but yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's all for King Size Edition. So a little on RuPaul's Drag Race. All right, so what happened? So, like I said, uh, so the girls were talking, and VP was talking about what she eliminated Alyssa. Cut to the mirror. Alyssa, Coco, Ginger, and Tatiana were behind the mirror. So this is when everybody had their revenge, or they're coming back for their revenge. They are uh, put to task to do a comedy routine. Which some people, I'm looking at you, Roxy, fail. <laughs> Roxy just cannot do comedy like, like to save her life. A poor baby, and she—I know she's trying, but God, it was awful. Another group uh, who was awful was uh, Coco and Fifi. It was just like, oof. You know when you see a car, a bad car accident, and you're like, oh, and then you keep on looking at it. It was, it was just like that. The people who stole the show from me, um, I would say it was Ginger and Katya. Uh, but I don't think they won. Uh, Tatiana, I forgot who won. This has been a long time, so forgive me, y'all. But anyway, uh, Tatiana and I believe it was Alyssa. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm going just strictly off memory. We're in the top two, and they performed to uh, Shut Up and Drive. <laughs> uh, which I, I think that is one of my favorite Rihanna songs. Back when she was 
I think she was black. She had black hair. But anyway, <laughs> I digress again. Uh, Tyra wins, and they send Fifi home. Now, Fifi hugs everybody except Alyssa, because Alyssa and her, you know, they had words uh, last two weeks ago. They had words again this week. Mm-hmm. It's just, I only like, well, I enjoyed Fifi's runways, especially when they did uh, the future of drag and she did her uh, cosplay. I don't know if you saw that or not, but it was a beyond sick and now I feel like it's the show has lost a little bit and it's also setting up for a, between Alyssa and Alaska produced and twisted and massaged into what the producers want and ultimately what Rue wants Yeah, I'll rock with it for I mean until it's done but I feel like it's, I felt like the show was going to be really open and going to see a genuine competition. And now that these events have happened, I see that, no, we're not going to see that. Yeah. But say la vie. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, I think we... Is the season almost done? I feel like the season's almost done. I feel like they're coming up on the end. I think they got like maybe three weeks. Mm-hmm. And crown somebody to this Thursday, and I'll be satisfied. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I'm like, let's see some new girls. And I know they're doing season nine. Either either they have already wrapped up. Yeah. Through it or something. I. Season 9 is in progress because I think if I have a suspicion a few queens that I know are have tried out yeah. but I'll keep that under wraps yeah so kids uh, that's our show for tonight that is so yes follow us on Twitter we on Twitter we on Facebook follow us on with the hash well not the hashtag but follow us with the Megasheen and Megasheen Pod on Twitter. The Megasheen is our website. So themegasheen.com. Also the Megasheen on Facebook. We are there. Yep. All, and we also can be found on um, Stitcher, um, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And we're going to try to get into some more um, places too. So check us out there. Yes. Um, and if you like us, rate and subscribe tell us what we can do better for the show uh, you can follow us at our personal accounts I'm at Porter Pizzazz and Victor is at Wonderman5 uh, any last thoughts or church announcements um, when you're in your 30s date when you're in your 40s find somebody to sit your ass down alright <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.